0: Welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, coming to you today with the second half of our dive into the new Andrew Gold album, The Fraternal Order of the All, Greetings from Planet Love, covering the second half of the CD today, where basically uh, the tracks on the album two version, if you got the vinyl uh really excited to get into this because I really enjoyed what we covered yesterday and uh you guys are listening to this perhaps on uh on the day after the first one and I am recording this on the day after I recorded the first one so I'm right there with you only like uh month ago um so uh as it stands as a as a quick reminder, I'll probably do another reminder at the end of the show um this will be the last show before the hiatus when I move the podcast to another distributor. And, uh, it's going to take me a while to link, uh, 300 and nearly 50 episodes to, uh, on multiple uh, platforms. So it's going to be a a lot of time it's going to take to do that. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run this episode and I'm going to wait a week, give people a chance to hear it before I start moving everything. Maybe I'll wait like 10 days. Um, and then at that point, the show will be offline for a little while. It will become available. I do not know if you will get a. if it will stay on your subscription, like whatever podcast outlet you listen to, like, let's say that you listen through Apple podcast, um, it may be, it, it's most likely going to be a different RSS feed. So, uh, you may not see any new episodes there, but I would say check around, uh, end of July, early August is when I plan on starting to bring back episodes. Um, I have the first one slated for the first Wednesday in August, but if I get everything done, uh, beforehand, I'll just jump right back into the show as quickly as possible. If you don't see it till the beginning of August, Hey, you got an extra episode to enjoy whatever the hell I'm reviewing or whoever I might be talking to at that point. Um, but in the meantime, uh, you can go back and listen to other episodes. You can check out some other podcasts. If you haven't checked out Uriah Heap, the magician's podcast, and you're curious about their music or want to dig into any particular songs all those episodes will be moved before I start moving this one. So by the time you're hearing this, that one should be completely moved already. And that one's I'm moving that one first because it's done. There's no new episodes coming out, at least for some time. Um, I've covered everything that's been released by the band. So if there are um, any bonus episodes, uh, I'll probably air them here as well. Um, but in the meantime, uh, you know, all the, the songs, everything they've recorded is done, just waiting on them to do maybe another album, but they just came out with one in January. So I suspect it'll be sometime before a new album is forthcoming. Uh, so in the meantime, uh, I moved that one first cause there's not a lot of action over there on new episodes. And that was my uh, test to be able to move this one. Uh, I haven't in, in real time as I'm recording this, I haven't moved anything yet. So I'm hoping that it will all, uh, go very smoothly uh, regardless of how time consuming it will be. Um, but just said everything uh, moved over smoothly to the new distributor and, uh, providing all that goes well, then, uh, then I'll go ahead and move this one. If not, I won't move it. There won't be any interruption and you will continue to see new episodes throughout the month of July. Uh, although, or, uh, I'm sorry, throughout the month of August, although, um, I'm currently thinking that you probably won't. So anyway, uh, that being said, You can always check the website, um, scotthaskin.com. If you go to the Haskin Cast podcast link, um, there's a player there that shows what the most recent episode is. Uh, If everything is moved over, there will be a new player and you'll be able to see uh, new episodes released. And um, if the old player is still there, everything is uh, still in process. Uh, And you can always write to me too, scott at scotthaskin.com. If you aren't sure, if you have any questions, anything like that, um, I'm always available. You can also go to the Uh, Instagram page or the um, Facebook page for the Haskin cast podcast and reach out to me there. Although I find that on Facebook, I don't get notifications when um, when I get messages from people I don't know, because they go into a message request and there's no notification, at least on Instagram, I typically get a notification that there's an unknown message coming in. So I would say Instagram would probably be your best bet or just email. Um, that email I do check frequently. So that being said, let's jump right back into this. Um, we're starting off with a song that uh, once again is a very short song. Uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting variety here. Um, you know, we've got some super short, short songs that are under a minute and then we've got some that are like four minutes and five minutes, um, almost six minutes. So uh, really interesting album. But uh, as we learned yesterday, this is an album basically to pay tribute to uh the 60s and that uh that special time in music history and uh when the world was a lot different than it is today and uh you know for me I find that uh, there's there's definitely things I crave or or long for I do have an album on Facebook um I think it's called Childhood Toys or something like that and um every time I think of something that I had or a place I used to go that was a major part of my childhood, like, um, you know, a restaurant that doesn't exist anymore or like the Macomb mall or whatever. Um, I'll throw that picture up in that album. So I can always have a place to go and remember how different times were. Uh, One of my favorite ones that I found kind of surprised I found it actually was a picture of the old, Kmart cafeterias from the seventies and early eighties, um, before they decided to wipe them out and use that space to put in like four more aisles of retail merchandise. And instead, cause I, I think that people were spending their money at the cafeteria and the cafeteria was making money, but I don't think the store was making as much because, you know, different margins and merchandise moving and all that. Um, plus I think people were using it as a hangout, you know, and, um, that probably didn't bode well for the store. But in any case, yeah, it was it was neat to see a picture of that. So I posted that and um, just you know different things I had as a kid. But it's um, it was definitely a different time, and I think a lot of it had to do with my age because I was born in '72. So there was um, you know a lot of things were new. Uh, There was uh, you know technology hadn't taken over anything yet. I I remember before we even had Atari or in television, and you know how much simpler the world was. It was about reading books and just you know playing dodgeball or street hockey or whatever, and uh, a completely different time. So uh, while that was the early 70s, for me, I can appreciate the late 60s and what it rolled into as, as I became more aware of things as, in, in the world as I got um, to those ages where you, know, you start to understand how the world works a little bit better. Um, but in any case, yeah, I, there's things that I definitely long for in those times. And um, uh, I, I can understand why a tribute would want to be done to that, why it was special to people. So let's get back into the music. Our song uh, here is 51 seconds. So I'll just play you a short clip. It's called It's Beautiful. It's a weird little song, but uh, a happy one. No doubt about that. Um, it, it reminds me, you know, a little bit of the Beach Boys, obviously, but almost at that, that beginning was a, a little bit Mamas and the Papas, I think, too, kind of the harmonies that they would do um, maybe a little faster, or happier because their songs, I think, were a little bit more dramatic, but um, it had, it had a little bit of that same feel at a faster tempo. Um, yeah, pretty little song. It's certainly something that can put a smile on your face. I mean, just hearing that something's beautiful, uh, how can that make you mad? Unless you're, you know, a curmudgeon, or you just want to be mad at everything that you hear. If you're in that kind of mood, but apart from that, uh, it should uh, it should put a little smile on your face. And very quickly, at fifty one seconds, our next song is um, well, a little more than twice as long. Um, this is called, and this is an interesting uh, title because I've never thought about this before. Wink of the third eye. Yeah, man. very Beatles-esque song, Uh, Wink of the Third Eye. Yeah, this one's pretty cool. Uh, I I really like the feeling, much like the songs that we heard yesterday. I kind of feel like this is an album that you literally uh, just like put the Christmas lights on, turn all the other lights off or maybe get a lava lamp out or, you know, one of those different, uh, you know, colorful light swirl things and uh, just sit back and enjoy the music and uh, just let your mind go, you know, A great way to reset, especially after a stressful day. I see a lot of applications for this album, actually. Um, But a really cool song. There is this weird sort of uh, spoken singing part towards the end. It's like not singing, but it's not really talking either. Uh, And that's very short lived as the song ends. But uh, it's a it's a nice song. I love the mood and the atmosphere of it. It gives me a a nice happy feeling, which is great coming off of its beautiful. And uh, I'm curious to see where the next song takes us because so far. I would say we're on a roll. Our uh, where, where are we at? Track number thirteen. Uh, it has no eyes but sight. Huh. All right. Let's see. Well, I said let's go down to the magic forest and see what we can see. All of a sudden, the great. Pyramid rose before me, and I saw the giant sunflower spreading its wings like a giant caterpillar. Well, I hadn't looked at uh, the time on the song before I started uh, playing it. This one is only uh, 55 seconds, and so uh, an, another super short one, and uh, our next song tops it only by two. Our next song is at 57 seconds. But this one's really cool. Another one I really wish they would have developed into a bigger song. I love the mood of it. It's kind of creepy and mysterious. Uh, The drums are killer. I like that uh, increase in tempo as it goes along. Uh, Those little uh, sounds that we hear in the background are really interesting. Um, I I would love to know more. I I want more of this song. So uh, unfortunately, I don't get it. I only get it for 55 seconds. So that's what I will enjoy. Just 55 seconds. Nothing more. Um, yesterday I promised you after playing Swirl and Whirl that today we would get Twirl. And so you shall have it right now. Here is a short sample of our 57 second song, Twirl. absolutely beautiful strings on this song. Obviously, the first thing that would come to mind would be Eleanor Rigby. Uh, there's even a, a spot where they add some extra eighth notes uh, towards the end, which definitely is reminiscent of Eleanor Rigby. But it's got a beautiful sound. It's a great recording, um, really nice tempo, very intriguing. Again, I fuck, I want more. Um, I hate that that so many of these songs are under a minute. Out of 20 songs, eight of them are under a minute on this album. That's a lot. That's how you get 20 songs on an album is to write, you know, a lot of, uh, short songs. There was a band, you know, I think on a, on a CD, at least the way it used to be, you could only get like 99 tracks and then, uh, it couldn't read uh track 100 cause it wasn't, they weren't programmed for triple digits because why would you have a hundred tracks on one, you know, at the time, I think there were 60 minute albums. And, um, or 70 or whatever. Why would you have 100 tracks, you know, even if it was two hours? So um there was a band called Sore Throat that had over 100, but you couldn't play them. So it was really pointless. You had to get the vinyl. And maybe that was a marketing gimmick. Um I, I'm sure it probably was because they weren't like a really well-known band. But, um, you know, if you're going to write songs that are under a minute, I just feel like you... You really just didn't want to put effort into him. You're like, hey, I have an idea. I kind of don't know what to do with it. Uh, all right, it's done. And just kind of left it there. All right, let's record it. You know, we need we need some filler for the album. But to have eight songs out of 20 be under a minute, that's a lot. It, it makes me wonder why they needed a, a double uh, LP to do this set, because it's the album. The The running time of the album is not that much. Um, but I really like the song and, and that's, I guess what irks me the most is because I, I really like it. I want more of it just like the last one. And, um, I wish there was more to enjoy because I, I really like the idea, you know, um, I've got, I don't know, probably three or 400 ideas in my folder that I've started and never did anything with a lot of them are around a minute. Um, but I can't see really releasing them except under the guise of them being, unfinished ideas, you know, um, maybe putting them out there for somebody else to finish. If I just can't get back into them or whatever, because what happens a lot of times is I'll be working on a project. I'll come up with an idea. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really work for the project. I'll set it aside with the intent of working on it later. And if I ever go back to it, I'm not in that moment anymore. So I just can't, you know, I I can't pick it up. I end up just writing something new altogether and keeping that in my ideas folder. Um, only, I think maybe two or three times have I ever finished a song that was started and put in that folder. So, um, that says a lot. And, um, you know, I get it if that's the case, but I didn't release them. And these are some really wonderful ideas. You've got so many people, I'm sure somebody could have taken the ball and run with it and, and done something really cool with these songs. But, you know, we can only enjoy what we have, uh, available to us to enjoy and not complain about what we don't. That's not really fair to them because they chose to release it as it is. So uh, we're just going to go with that. Our next song, though, is a beefy three minutes and 24 seconds, and it is called Space and Time. In space and time. I want love, she laughs all so like a child So I don't know that much about the band The Birds, and uh, I remember from yesterday the uh, notes had said that that was one of the bands that was inspiring this album. Um... I, I only know uh, a couple of songs. Obviously, "Turn, Turn, Turn" is one of them. And I was wondering if I would recognize the uh, Birds' influence on this album. Uh, I don't know if there have been others because, like I said, I'm not that familiar with the band. But I would say this definitely is a, a very obvious uh, I- inspiration from the Birds. But almost as if Tom Petty joined on vocals because this this definitely had a more Tom Petty feel to it on vocals. But the guitars and everything sounded very much like uh, what I know of the Birds. Um, really nice song, though. Um, I'm glad that this is one that they built out. And I was thinking like, gosh, this this show is going so fast. We're already halfway through the songs. And, you know, we're not even just barely scraping the 18 minute mark of the episode. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Well, you know, the songs were pretty short. So not only were were the clips shorter, but there wasn't as much to talk about. Three out of the first five were under one minute and one of them was just under two minutes. So this is really the first uh, lengthy track that we've had. Um, it really just stays the course through the whole thing, uh, but it's got a really nice feel to it—a lot of warmth, a lot of that just, you know, love and good, enjoyable music that came out of the '60s. I think this is a great representation of that era. Again, with uh, with the exception of just the the how clean and uh, modern the recording itself sounds, but apart from that, I think um, it's it's just a beautiful representation and, and a very accurate recollection of uh, that wonderful '60s music that they uh, were inspired by to do this album. So great job on this one, guys. Uh, We're gonna move on to our next song. This one uh, comes in a little bit longer at four minutes and 48 seconds. This is called Time is Standing. this is another really nice track. It's uh, very warm and uplifting and just has a general good vibe and feel to it. You know, you think about um, the peace and love movement of the sixties. This is definitely the kind of music I think would fit into that. Um, There's a really bizarre, almost random series of audio clips of voices at the end, um, including one asking how much longer the album's going to be. Not much longer. uh, To be honest, we've only got four songs. And, um, one of them's like super short. So, uh, but no, a really pretty song. I, I definitely like this. This is another one that, um, you know, if you're in a bad mood or you're just having like a tough day or whatever, this is one that you could put on and try to swim away from whatever the bad things are in your day and, uh, just get back to, uh, feeling calm and peaceful and that everything's going to be okay. And, uh, there you go. Even though time is standing. So our next track, we're already up to track 17. This is, uh, this one takes me back to my Christmas tree skirt, which is funny because, um, you know, yesterday I had a uh, repair done on my car. I had to walk uh, about 25 minute walk to the mechanic to pick my car up. And it was about a 25 minute walk on the way home uh, the day before dropping it off. And for some reason, I really wanted to hear, um, the deep purple podcast, one of their Christmas episodes, uh, for my walk. It's like, late June. So we're halfway around the year from Christmas. Couldn't be the furthest thing that should have been on my mind. But I'm like, yeah, you know, those are always always nice to hear. So I popped on a Christmas uh, episode and listened to that on the way there and back both times uh, because their episodes are a couple hours long and was really enjoying that. And then today I was like, I really want to put my Christmas lights on for some reason. I had no idea why. Um, So there you go. Uh, (laughs) But on the show, they talked about a picture that I had sent them of my Christmas tree skirt, which is uh, interestingly, the album cover for White Snake's album, Trouble, I'm sorry, Love Hunter. Um, although come and get it would have been more appropriate, like come and get your next gift. But uh, whoever created it and put it on Amazon, on their, their private store, they had gone with Love Hunter, uh, which is a woman uh, riding a snake. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, if you want, Google it, just Google White Snake Love Hunter album cover, and uh, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Why am I bringing this up? I'll tell you why, because the next song is called ride the snake. That would be the unmistakable sound of the doors with that keyboard and those uh, deep voices and interesting vocal passages. Um, The song does end uh, with the audio being cut off. So I'm going to guess that our next song, uh, it it blends into the next song. I did say yesterday, I thought that was a lot of that on this album where the songs blended from one into another. So uh, the stopping points and the starting points of some of the songs may seem a little weird. That would be why if you're listening to the whole album uh, all the way through, uh, I'm sure it would make perfect sense but when you get those cuts, it's a little bit weird. Um, cool song though. Uh, I was never one who really dug into the doors music. Um, I know that they were very important, very influential, helped shape music at that time. Uh, they were just a band that I didn't really enjoy that much. So I I think it was more about the hype of Jim Morrison than it was about the music of the doors, to be honest. So, um, I don't um, don't really have a lot I can comment on, except that it definitely has that influence. And The Doors were another one of the bands that they had cited in the notes that was uh, an inspiration for this album. Um, The only real story I I can remember, and I haven't really dug into it at all, but the actress that played Miss Beetle on Little House in the Prairie uh, hung out with Jim Morris for a while and had, um, I'll just say, some adventures. And she was not the, um, innocent hair up in a bun teacher that, um, that she portrayed seems like, uh, one of these days I'm going to have to read her book. Uh, should be pretty fascinating, but in any case, uh, that was a good song though. I did enjoy it. um, um, don't know that I would necessarily dig into the doors music because of it, but it definitely, you know, for a one-off song, I thought it felt pretty good and, uh, was definitely something that I enjoyed. So uh, there's that. And that was a, a song that was uh, a minute and 46 seconds. So you only got like a 45 second clip or so. Um, our next song, though, goes back into the depths of actually writing a, a, a longer length song or a normal length song. Uh, this one's called Mr. Plastic Businessman. you want to know what would have happened had bob dylan joined the beatles on lead vocals that song would be it um interestingly the the drum fill that opens the song is from strawberry fields forever even has a, a very similar snare sound to it um i did trim the very opening of it because it, it did uh trail from the previous song and it really didn't make any sense at all so i just clipped that out uh so if it sounds a little weird at the beginning, it's because I spared you that really harsh note that was uh cut at the end of the last clip. Um not by me. That's just how it, uh how the file IDs fell. But um yeah, this is a cool song. I really like that piano progression. Um I, I'm trying to I, I think it would have been like a magical mystery tour, maybe maybe let it be, or the white album, like somewhere in that uh area. I don't think it quite would have fit revolver, although maybe. Maybe. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely had like that Beatlesque feel, but with a Bob Dylan vocal delivery, and that was kind of cool. It was really neat to see. This is almost like uh, you know, fantasy sports, but for music and actually getting to uh, see what happens when they go play. Um, pretty cool song though. I, I like the vocal delivery. I'm not really a Bob Dylan fan. I like the way he tells his stories, like I like his lyrics, but I don't like his his sound. I don't like his music, um, except for you know a couple songs. But um yeah, this was a really cool adventure. I, I really like this. I love the piano sound. I love that Strawberry Fields Forever uh, drum fill. And uh, yeah, it's just got a, a good, interesting feeling to it. Another uh, great story delivery um, has an abrupt ending and a little bit of comedy at the end as we uh, we head towards the end of the album. This next song, uh, song number 19 on our 20 track album here is called Cosmic Carnival but cosmic has two C's and carnival has two C's. I don't know about this one. Actually, it has two sets. They each have two sets. Well, okay. Let me rephrase that. Carnival cosmic starts with two C's and ends with two C's. And then carnival starts with two C's and ends with two L's. Um, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. We'll just hear the song. This is why I don't dig into anything. So there's a very short clip for you because the whole song is a whopping 30 seconds. It is the shortest song on the album. I uh, didn't again, didn't look at the time. You know, when I when I did the episode yesterday, I thought I should break this out into two episodes because the the length that the show was getting to. And I thought, well, I'm only halfway through, you know, about where halfway through the tracks would be. Um, had I realized that so many of them on the second side were under a minute, I probably would have just gone ahead and done this all as one episode. But you know what? I didn't. So there you go. Um, I mean, why would I look and expect that? (laughs) Who does that? Obviously, Andrew Gold does. That's who does. So, uh, yeah, a cool little tune. Um, really filler, kind of a pointless thing to even have on the album, to be honest, at 30 seconds, unless you're doing, um, like a concept album and it, and it tells a story, unless this has some relation to our final song. Um, I don't really see the point of why this was included. It's like a neat little trinket. But um, it doesn't do anything for you because it's too short to really get going. And um, it's, it's just like something that they were joking around or playing with at a sound check and somebody recorded it and said, hey, let's throw it on the album. And everybody was drunk and we're yeah, OK, man. Um, don't really see a point to, to that piece of music at all. Definitely don't understand the the wording of it. So um, there's that. Uh, our final track, and this is a, a you know one for the whole family. It's called Tomorrow Drop Dead. Uh, this is the most rock and roll song on the album. Uh, I definitely love the bass groove to this. Um, it has a really nice upbeat feel to it. Um, <laughs> despite the dismal lyrics of Dropping Dead, um, it is incredibly repetitive vocally, but um, but musically it's great. It's like uh, if Tomorrow Never Knows had a straight rock beat, that would be this song. Um, it doesn't. God, that song's got to be like one of the top 20 most covered songs in history, I would imagine. Um, I've only talked about that song on the show once I believe, and that would have been when I covered the sucker punch soundtrack. Cause there's a really cool version of it there, uh, that I really enjoy, but I know that song's been, been covered at at uh, great length. I think Phil Collins did a version of it on one of his solo albums, which wasn't too bad. Um, but you know, the Beatles is the best, but this has that background, uh, the background sounds of this song, uh, are very much tomorrow. Never knows, but to, to a rock beat. Uh, Really cool, little bit of talking at the end uh, to finish off the album. But I have to say, I really enjoyed this album. You know, going in yesterday, if you listen to yesterday's episode, I had no idea whatsoever what to expect, but uh, a a very cool one, uh, just the same. And I'm really glad that uh, Cherry Red Records released it. And thank you guys for connecting me with this review. Very happy to share this with you guys, and hopefully that you'll enjoy it as well. Uh, That uh, today is the release day, so you guys can go ahead and order it now. Uh, If you want to get the downloaded version, you can get that from iTunes. Amazon has the uh, double LP version, that uh, splatter, spatter ID uh, uh, vinyl. And then um, Cherry Red Records has the CD and the vinyl as well. All those links are in the show notes for you guys. Most of the reviews I do for Cherry Red Records, unless it's because I do them so far ahead of the release, interestingly are not available on iTunes. So I found that um, interesting that this one is um, just another outlet. A lot of people buy music through iTunes. So it's a great place to have your stuff available. Uh, most of my stuff is available on iTunes as well. I do have some things that are just exclusive to my Bandcamp page. So that's really the best place to uh, get my music if you're interested. Uh, if you want to go to my website, there's a, a, a link on the front page towards the top uh, for Bandcamp. Otherwise, I think it's scotthaskin.bandcamp.com. Uh, Or you can go to my regular website, scotthaskin.com and click that link. It'll take you right there. Um, Everything that I've put out is available there. And some things, like I said, are a bit exclusive. So uh, thanks guys so much for uh, joining me for this two part series. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I really did. I found this album completely refreshing and surprising. Uh, The only thing that's throwing me off is just the clean production for uh, this era of music. It's, it's almost like it was restored to perfection as opposed to just being recorded clean with that 60s feel in the first place. But uh, in any case, a fantastic production, very quirky, uh, almost Frank Zappa-ish in its quirkiness. Um, but as far as I can tell, it's not a concept album, um, just really a themed album more than anything else. Um, but reminder, uh, this will be the last episode for a while as I move the podcast to a new distributor. I will be back as soon as I can. Um, I've got multiple... Uh, internet outlets to relink all the episodes. And there are a lot of episodes to this show guys I've done in the last. um, What are we going on? I'm going to look because I think it's been like, I want to say fears, but it might be longer than that. Um, But as of this episode, uh, unless I did uh, an interview between the time I'm recording this and the time this releases, we're looking at 345 episodes and that goes all the way back to October of 2018. So we're going on five years. And um, wow, that's a long time to be doing a podcast when most podcasts don't make it to 10 episodes. But uh, yeah, I mean, we survived COVID. We survived uh, a whole season of Stranger Things. We did all kinds of stuff on the show. Lots of great interviews and uh, guest, uh, you know, reviewers. Uh, it's just been such a blast I mean at times it's been uh, an uphill battle but for the most part I have absolutely loved doing the show for uh the past going on five years plenty more to cover um I would say the show just with the ideas I have right now um the remaining list of people I'd like to interview if I can get a hold of them and get them to come on the show uh additional reviews that I want to do that kind of thing um probably a year to a year and a half at least maybe longer who knows because you know, I'm one of those people that goes, Oh, you know what, I should do this. And I'll just start doing it like I did with that season of Stranger Things. So uh, who knows, you know, we've got another season of Cobra Kai coming up. I'm sure John Matola will come back and talk about that. Probably do another prediction show as we uh, have had more time to enjoy season five and and really dig into all the nuances of it to make some good predictions uh, that are updated from the ones that we made already. And just kind of see how we feel about it after only a couple of viewings of season five. Uh, and see what they do for the final season. So lots of great stuff to come up. We've got holidays to deal with all kinds of things. And you know how much I love Halloween and Christmas. So there'll be episodes for those things as well. Um, more Alice Cooper coming, just all kinds of cool stuff. So that being said, uh, enjoy the, uh, the break, check out my other show, Uriah Heap, the magicians podcast take some time to uh, check out my music if you like, or my books that are available on uh, Amazon. You can find the link to my Amazon page also on my website at scotthaskin.com. It's right, I believe, right above the Bandcamp link. Um, So this, this, there'll be like a month, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, probably a little less uh, for me to get the show back on the air. And um, hopefully at least the back catalog will be available uh, while I'm relinking everything through the main player. Uh, again, that'll be on my website. I'll make some announcements on the socials and all that kind of thing too. Um, but in any case, guys, I'll, I'll let you know too about the um, podcast player. If you need to um, subscribe to the the new one, or if you'll be able to retain it through the old one, because I honestly have no idea. I'll find out when I get the Uriah Heap show done and I'll put all uh, notes out on social media. Uh, if I find out before this airs, I'll add a note at the beginning of one of the episodes and re-upload it for you. But in any case, guys, thanks. It's been a blast so far. We've got plenty of stuff to cover coming your way. Cheers.